Hi there. Thanks for tuning into the Career Change Pro podcast. I'm your girl Ola, and I'll be speaking or having career conversations with amazing trailblazers, people daring to be all that they can be. We'll be discussing the failures, the successes, and the pivotal moments, so you can expect to be inspired, have a mindset shift, and gain tools and practical resources to find the careers you love and make a difference where you live. So tune in. Here we go. Hello. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for coming on board for our podcast today. I really appreciate your time for being here. Hi, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Career Change Podcast. And today we have Tiffany Uman on the show. And she's going to talk to us about all things career acceleration. Um, And she's going to share some of her personal stories. So thank you, Tiffany, once again for coming on board. Do you mind to give the audience a little bit about yourself, a quick introduction? Sure. Well, thank you, Ola, so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be with you today, and I just can't wait to share all of the insights we're going to cover with your audience. Uh, Yes, so just quickly, a little bit of background on me. Uh, So as you said, my name is Tiffany Newman. I am a senior director at my Fortune 500 company, as well as a career strategy coach. So a little bit of background on the corporate side. I've been in the corporate world for over 12 years now. Um, and have really had the chance to navigate my way rapidly up that corporate ladder, achieving seven promotions in under 10 years time. And that definitely came along with a lot of learnings and a lot of insights and in fact, best practices that I feel today within my coaching practice so that I can really benefit young professionals, especially starting out in their careers to hopefully save them part of that headache and a heartache that they might otherwise experience if they're just left to fend for it themselves. Um, And that's really a big inspiration as to why I embarked on my coaching business alongside my corporate role, because I still love being in corporate. I love my company. I love the job that I have. It's more within the marketing function, although I've had different stints of commercial within retail, a little bit of PR as well, but primarily within the marketing path. And so now I'm just fueling a lot of those key insights within my career strategy coaching with the goal of helping young professionals set themselves up for the most success, avoid blind spots that hold them back in their progression, and ultimately help them to fast track achieving their career goals. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for that. You have said something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Some people, because you said you said you love to be in the corporate world, you like what you do, as, as do I, but you also wanted to do something, give back in a way, and you started your career coaching yeah. business. So what do you say to people that they like where they are, they're not complaining, but they still want to do something else on the side, and they're worried whether there's going to be too much of a conflict um, mm. between the two? How do you, what would you say to people like that? Yeah, well, you know what? I think at the end of the day, we have one life to live, right? And I like doing this exercise in fact with my clients when they are in that spot of lacking a bit of the clarity or wondering exactly how to, where, where they should go next or how to handle this balance of being in corporate but maybe longing for something additional to that. And I like doing this exercise of almost picturing yourself in your retirement, you know, fast forward. It seems like a long way from now, especially if you're just starting out in your career, but try to fast forward to that point and reflect back of what you would have liked to see yourself achieve. And if this side hustle, if this passion project, if going beyond that corporate role is something that 
is in that hope for yourself looking back, then go for it. You know, you don't want to keep yourself from living up to your fullest potential. And that could be obviously within your corporate role, but it could also be beyond that. And I would just say one of the key traits to really move forward with that is, is trust in yourself. And it could be simply a hobby or a passion project. But if you really do see the value in pursuing it a little bit in the way that I have with my career strategy coaching, which was inspired by the things I actually loved the most about my corporate work. The part I love the most about my work is developing and guiding and coaching my teams to be as successful as they can be. And so that was my aha moment over the years that I just realized if I'm already benefiting people within my organization, why don't I try to branch out and help even more young professionals do that same thing? So in a way, when you trust yourself and are really in tune with what's important for you and what you'd hope to see as, as you're looking back, that can be very much a natural inclination as to where you want to go. And it feels less forced as a result as well. That's brilliant. Yes, I totally agree with that. Let me address the elephant in the room. And I've heard this many times. Some people have a different fear. Mm. What if people in my corporate world find out about what I'm doing outside of the corporate environment? How yeah. do I handle that? Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? What are the things I need to look out for? before I start doing something different? Yeah, well, you know what? There's always ways that you can position it too, especially if you want to tread a little carefully before broadcasting it. If it were to come up in your corporate environment, you know, there's no, there's no harm in doing a passion project, pursuing a hobby of yours more actively, especially if it's not taking away from the work that you're being evaluated on. I think that's the big indicator. If what you're working on on this side is, actively taking away from what you are expected to do in your work, then that will obviously lead to issues. But if you're able to pursue it, position it more as a passion project, just something that you're dabbling into, putting feelers out there, I highly doubt that your company, if they were to find out, would use this against you. Um, You know, everyone's allowed to have their hobbies. What's the difference in a way with starting a passion project with, let's say, coaching versus a passion project of sports right they still take time outside of your work environment and both could also not impact what you're doing within your corporate world and it's just really about framing it and managing the perception if you're really in tune with that and conscious with that it doesn't have to be an elephant in the room it can very much be within your control again you control the message and make sure that you control that message Um, so if it's something for instance that you are pretty sure that your company will find out about at one point, control it, lead in with that. Maybe already start mentioning it, that this is just a a passion project that you're working on on the side so that you can set the expectation and not have judgments be made to you uh, that you don't really want to come across in in that manner. That's perfect. Absolutely very good advice. Control the message. I like that. That's a tweetable moment. You control the narrative. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I really like that. Um, Now, there was something else you said in your intro that I was really intrigued by. I know about, but others might not have clicked on it. You said you got within 10 years, you were promoted seven times. Yes. How did you do that? What was, before you tell us how you did that, tell us what you would say was the single most important contributing factor to that growth relationship building I, and, and strategic relationship building 
And those weren't insights I had at the very outset. I learned it. And luckily, I learned it early on. And I learned as well how to do it in a way that would actually help me propel my career forward. That's a lot of what I feel within my official coaching programs because there's a lot of blind spots even with that. And you don't realize that you really have to go beyond your actual mandate and sometimes seek out these relationships, proactively nourish them and flourish them and see how they can align back to your career path goals and get you closer to where you want to go. Um, I'll give maybe a, a concrete example for me, Ola, just uh, in terms of sharing this story, which I, I think was my major aha moment and really helped fuel the importance of relationship building in my career path. And essentially, there was at one point where I was pretty much being groomed for one of my next promotions. And my immediate boss was very in line with it. We had many conversations and she was my cheerleader. She was pushing me. She was supporting me. And within my own organization, there's HR reviews internally that happen about twice a year. And so it was coming up against that fall session of those HR reviews. And the news that I had had from my boss was that she was going to be putting my name in for the request to get to that next promotion. And so on my end, I thought, okay, great, smooth sailing. It's going to happen. Obviously, I was still doing very well in my job, so it warranted it. But I just felt like things were going to go as planned. And then sure enough, that meeting happened. And I remember this day so vividly where my boss sat me down and she had to deliver the news that I, I hadn't gotten that promotion. And I could tell in the way that she was explaining the story to me that it didn't feel like her words she felt very uncomfortable. I could sense that. Mm -hmm. And I just felt on the other end, very blindsided and misguided. And I had two paths there. I could have let that really get to me, be extremely frustrated and discouraged and almost pulled back. But what I did instead was I leaned forward and I said, okay, I think there's more going on to this. What, what am I missing here? And it was with that insight that I realized my boss's boss so a key stakeholder who I hadn't yet formed as much of a personal relationship with was actually the roadblock in that decision for me. And from there, I took it into my own hands, again, control and controlling the message to have more one-on-ones with my boss's boss to truly understand what she needed to see from me to get to that next step. And with that information, I took it, I used it, and just a few months later, I was able to get that promotion. But it was really this eye-opening experience that you need to see internally within your corporate environment, who are these stakeholders that can really directly influence your progression? And that's exactly what I, I coach my clients on to do within their specific environments so that they don't feel overwhelmed about it, but they really have the proper action steps to put in place and build those strategic relationships in their favor. Mm. Okay, so I don't want to start, I don't want us to go into a career coaching session, but I did want to just pick up on one thing and before we go into some other questions that I wanted to ask. Sure. So we need to build relationships. How do we yeah. even start? Who do we, what's the one or two key things you need to um, look out for when you're identifying those key relationships? Yeah, well, I would say one of the key things is look out for people who you're going to be interacting with quite frequently. Those are the ones that will have the most exposure to you and that you want to make sure they see you in a positive light. Um, it also ties a lot with personal branding, which is a big focus within my coaching and something that is 
more important than I can even express. And I like to always say that the sign that you've established a really strong personal brand is when people are speaking highly of you when you're not in the room. So you need to figure out who are those people that you need to speak highly of you when you're not in the room. And so that goes to my first point. Who are the people that you're really actively going to be working with on a regular basis? It could be your immediate team members. It could be your boss, obviously. It could be maybe some support functions. But the more that you can really identify who these individuals are and then start fueling these relationships in a very favorable way, that's the first really important thing. And then I'd say the second important thing is identifying stakeholders that have a strong level of influence within the company. Because even if they're individuals you're not working with as much in your day-to-day, -day, they might still have a very important decision to make when it comes time to your career moves and progression. So you don't want to just ignore that they exist. You have to acknowledge that they're there and then find ways for you that are more natural of connecting with them to start, again, fostering those types of relationships. It sounds a little bit more overwhelming than it is, but I can promise you, having done it many times myself, that a lot of these more senior individuals actually really crave that time to speak with some of the younger employees within the company. And it gets lonely at the top, right? They have their, their maybe peers within that, that same level of hierarchy, but they are very willing to speak and share and guide you when you're earlier on. So don't let that intimidation factor make you fearful to really pursue the personal connections that are yet to be had. So I'd say those are the two really big things I would zone in on. Hmm. Yes, you're saying so many interesting things. And every time you finish talking, I have another question just from what you just said. <laughs> sure. Because the next thing I was going to ask is, you've mentioned something that I know is really big. It's and I certainly felt it when I first started in my own organization. It's, oh my gosh, how do I go up to this big influencer, this um, director? How do I start that conversation? How do I get away from the, uh, the timidity and have yeah. those conversations? Where do I start from? What do I, how do I know what is the person is interested in to even be able to try and start creating that con uh, connection? Yeah. And so I would say, find those areas of commonality. I think an easy one right off the bat is their career path, right? If you're in the same company as them, you have access to what their background is. You could probably look it up right on LinkedIn too and see what previous roles they've held and use that as a starting point. And the reason why I say that is it's when you're approaching individuals that are more senior to you, just in general, people like speaking about themselves. And so when you come at it in a way where you're just curious to learn more about their career path, maybe what got them there, it starts opening up that relationship. Um, it shows that it's pretty genuine conversation and that maybe it's things that you hope to aspire to for yourself and see those accomplishments in them. And you're just curious to learn a little bit more. And that's a lot of what I did in, in building some of those key relationships on my end. I would find those areas of commonality or things that I looked up to and use that as my gateway in to really foster a more natural and personal connection when I did have those first conversations. And at the end of the day, just to remove that intimidation factor, remember that they're people, right? They weren't always at this level. They started somewhere and probably started at the bottom. So yes, they might not have the most humility, 
some do, some don't. I'm very lucky. My CEO is a very humble person. You know, some might not be as humble as that, but still they started somewhere. And just remembering that really helps ease those nerves when you do have those moments of truth with them. So I hope that's helpful. Absolutely. That's really, really helpful. Yes. I think the key thing is remembering that they're just human beings just like you and they did yeah. start from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's really helpful. So now that we've gotten some of those things out of the way, let's talk about it. There are a couple of mistakes that people make when they want to advance. So maybe we should dial it back a little bit because we yeah. talk about on this, on this podcast a lot about career change, people that want to move. And many of many times, People decide they want to move, but it's not really that they need to move. Sometimes they're in, and sometimes it's that they need to move, but it's, they don't really need to leave the organization that they're in to get the fulfillment that they need. You yeah. have stayed in one organization, and so have I for quite uh, for a while, but we've moved around in so many, to so many departments that it's, it always feels different, new. Yes. Can you speak to that a little bit? How do you... Um, the idea of career change, does it really need to be, I'm going to go and start a business, I'm going to become an entrepreneur, or I'm going to go and work for a completely different company, or I'm just going to go into horticulture? <laughs> does it need to be? I think we need to give hope to people that need change, but don't necessarily want to leave where they are, because some organizations are really good to work for. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll take it back a step too. I think when we're talking about career change, whether within an organization or at a, a point elsewhere in another company, let's say, what's most important to do at the very outset of that is that level of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You need to understand for you why, why the change. Because to your point, Ola, it, if you're hoping for some magical answer that switching is going to answer for you, you might be in for a rude awakening. Yeah. And putting all of that pressure on the company to solve what you feel you need change uh, for yourself is, is very unrealistic. So first and foremost, you need to know what is it that you truly want? What are, what are these values or motivation pieces or lack of motivation pieces that are driving you to feel this need for change? And that's going to already help guide you if that's a possibility within your current organization or if you need to leave. Um, so I'll give an example. You know, if let's say you are lacking some motivation in your role because your workload is out of control, okay, that might not mean reason to change the company. There's a lot that you could already do in your own hands, which is, again, a huge focus within my coaching program because we tend to have a lot of that workload uh, those work worker problems when we're earlier on and it's very execution heavy. But if you're not solving that particular issue, it's probably because you're lacking the skills to manage that workload properly and be proactive in controlling your time and proactive in controlling the planning that's leading to these workload issues. Maybe it's not having the proper conversations with your boss to help prioritize better. So if you're not learning that and you're just thinking, well, my workload's out of control, I need to leave the company, you're going to take those same practices and then apply it where you move somewhere else and end up in the same situation. So that's why it's really important to start with the self-awareness first and really try to dig deep as to why you're feeling that way. Whereas then on the other hand, if let's say, you know, you, you want change because you feel a little bit stuck, 
you feel a little bit stagnant and you know that there's more for you. Again, are you asking the right questions? Have you had concrete career dialogues with your boss and potentially HR, maybe your boss's boss? Do they really know what you want? And if they do, are they guiding you to get there? Are you getting the right support from them to get there? Because before you jump ship, you want to ensure that you are doing everything that you can within that current environment to potentially get there, right? You've already created the groundwork, you've built the connections, you've proved yourself to a degree, so to then start all over, is that beneficial for you? Maybe yes, maybe no, but again, it's a big decision. So just don't rush into it. Make sure that you're, you're really doing that due diligence prior to then set you up for success with what's to come. And then once you do that due diligence, if the answers are really, you know what, this company isn't quite doing it for me. Well, then, then I think you're going to feel a lot more secure and confident about moving somewhere else because you know that you've done everything you could within that current context to check off what's aligning with your values or what's truly motivating you in your work and in your career. So I hope that gives a little bit of context. That's really been my guiding North Star, if you will, that I was always very in tune. Um, I'd say probably a few years into my career, what was really important for me. And I've used that as my guidance with every career move that I've had within the organization. Some, like you said, Ola, that really felt like I was starting over because it was a totally new division, totally new stakeholders, totally new distribution channels. But yet I knew that the core of it was really in line with what I wanted and what I wanted to get out of my day-to-day -day work and long-term career vision. So it, it just answered yes for me every time. But if you're not doing that level of questioning and just expecting the company to answer that for you, that could be really dangerous territory and lead you to some disappointment within your career path. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head and you said, you use a phrase uh, a moment ago, understanding what is important to you. Yeah, I think if I think that's the base, just like you said, it's the base of everything else. I, I'll, it's not my interview, but I'll, I'll mention it because this was something that switched for me, made a change for me. I went to um, one of my uh, mentors at work and the very first conversation I was, I think I was taken aback by what he asked because the very first question he asked me is, Ola, so what do you want? And I was not clear. I can't, I will never forget that particular meeting because I was fumbling. I was, I couldn't articulate what I wanted in a few mm. sentences. And at that point, it just, that was a defining moment. And that's what changed everything about me after that, because I had to go back, like you said, and did the groundwork of what do you really want? What's really important to you? Yeah. And then I kind of started guiding everything else that happened after that. So I think what you're saying is really, really important because it's the base for everything. So thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah. And Ola, if you'd like, I could share just another quick story on my end. A bit on the flip side, yeah. where by knowing what was really important for me, both for my values and my personal development within my work, I actually uh, had turned down an opportunity. I had turned down two opportunities within my career, but one I had turned down that was really notable for me because it really just wasn't in line with where I saw myself going next, right? So you can use this level of self-reflection not only to guide you forward, but to also stop and make sure, is this the right thing for me? And not to feel pressured into a certain situation that maybe HR is pushing you into or that you feel that you should, right? We think about this a lot. I should do this. 
maybe my family expects this from me, or I, I see my friends doing this or advancing, so I guess I should do this. You have to do what's core to you and important to you. Like, I, I really can't emphasize that enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, okay, so you've been, you've been doing this coaching for a while you've been doing it uh, i'm sure you started coaching even before you started a business of coaching yes so you have a lot of experience in doing it as well as in your job so tell us quickly um what are the um mistakes maybe five six mistakes that you see people making a lot when it comes to career advancement when it, or yeah. rather career progression what are the things that people really do wrong and they need to kind of stop mm. quickly absolutely uh, yeah, I have six that come to mind. So I hope that's okay. I'll, I'll run that's through them right. very quickly. But yeah, there's six and they're really important. And again, I identify with these because I used to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first I would say is really blind spots that hinder you. And this stems really from being too passive in your career path versus taking control of it. Right? You're, the, you're the driver. You're the driver of your own career. Don't take the passenger seat you got to be in that driver's seat, right? Learning how to proactively capitalize on the right moments with the right people at the right times is key. And it's okay to trust in the process, right? Trust in the, the development plan that your company has in mind for you, but also be able to take matters into your own hands and opposed to just letting things happen in their natural course, right? Sometimes it just goes back to what I was saying before, asking the right questions to make sure that you, you have the clarity to get you to where you want to go next. Um, and you're not going to get that by being passive. You're going to get that by being proactive and taking control. So that's really the first mistake I would say. The second is lacking clarity on how to close the gap to your next role. And this really stems from being too focused on the short term and your immediate mandate. It almost makes you not realize that what you do today directly impacts where you want to go next. So this can actually lead you to missing out on getting the appropriate guidance needed to concretely help you achieve your next promotion as fast as possible. You're you're just too zoned in on, I just have to get the work done. I have to do my mandate well, and that's what's going to get me to that next role. I wish it was that easy. I think we go into corporate thinking it's that easy, but there's so much more behind it, a lot of internal politics. So you have to think a little bit more big picture than that. So that's the second mistake I, I see quite often. The third, just a really important one as well, is doubting the value that you bring in your role. And this could be just from equating the fact that you're maybe more junior or less experienced in your role with not having enough value to bring forward. This could even be, let's say you have a few years of experience under your belt, but you're switching to a new company. You might end up in the same mindset again, that, well, I'm new in my role, so I don't necessarily have as much value to bring forward. And that's exactly the kind of mindset that will actually prevent you from creating a much needed personal brand and ultimately let self-doubt hold you back, which you, you never want. Self-doubt is, is the enemy. So especially the enemy to career progression. So really believing in your value versus doubting it is so important. And that doubt is, is definitely a key mistake I see a lot. The fourth, I would say, is not making... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Let's sit on this value thing. For just yeah, a minute. Sure. Let's sit on it for a while. So, yes, it's knowing your value. Some people don't even know. That's the first problem. Yeah. But then it's how do you how do you kind of find what let's assume you do know your value. How do you stop those? Because those doubts come, especially for women. 
those doubts come, you, you start, you're either self sabotaging because you're doubting yourself or the imposter syndrome um, kicks in, oh God, I'm going to be found out any moment now. And then you don't you get offered roles, you say, actually, I don't think I can do that. For some reason, you reject things that you should normally accept, you know. So how do you, how did you, when you started out, um, kind of get um, um, seated and comfortable in the value that you bring to the table such that you're able yeah. to cast those doubts away? Yeah, it, it's so funny that you say that too, Ola, because that's actually the beginning piece of my coaching framework. It's all about helping my clients get past that self-doubt, mm-hmm. the limited beliefs, the negative self-talk, mm-hmm. because it, it is really, like I said, our worst enemy. It will stand in our way of getting us to our next steps. And our mind can be our biggest asset or it could be our worst enemy and I, or liability, and I never want it to be the latter. Mm-hmm. So to your point about what you can concretely do, I, th- I think the most important thing is, is just that self-trust, you know, especially when you're in the company, you got hired, they saw the value in you. So why are you going to let yourself doubt and hold back that value that you could bring forward once you actually are in the, in the role, right? Um, and that's the thing you want to avoid, obviously, because they're hoping, they're counting on you to bring out that level of value. And so if you are getting too up in your head and questioning, am I cut out for this? Can I do this? I don't know if I can. It will really get the best of you. So I would say really trusting in yourself. I know that might sound obvious, but it's a lot easier said than done. But just reminding yourself and and trying to have active, positive mantras that you can fuel your mind with when those negative thoughts come. Just a concrete thing that I love doing, Ola, and I do that to this day, is I get a lot of feedback from my teams. I love feedback. I'm such an advocate for feedback, as, which is also very important for career progression. And every feedback I get, I print out and I keep a place that's visibly, uh, that's visible for me. And so whenever I get these moments of, of self-doubt or questioning or feeling down in general, I just look at it and it, it brings me right back. Like I can do this. And it, it might sound a little cheesy, but honestly, sometimes just having that manifestation mindset, right? Putting something out there, seeing it helps you believe it. And then it helps you action it as a result. So that's just a fun little tip that I love to do that if, can, if it can benefit your audience of having those positive mantras, having that positive feedback, maybe just self mantras that they create that, you know, you can put in front of you every day and remind yourself that you are capable will help you push back some of that, that negative self-talk that creeps in. And then at the same time, if you really feel that it's also coming from a place of questioning if you're doing your role well, like, Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you feel a little bit lost. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Ask for feedback. Get the feedback. And I know sometimes that could be scary because you're not sure what you're going to receive on the other end. But let me ask you this. Isn't it scarier to not ask it and then still have those people think that and you just don't even know about it and you don't action it as a result? That's really the mindset I want you guys to have is, ask for the feedback, and then use that information to your advantage. You know, you might be very surprised, pleasantly surprised by the feedback that's reinforcing that you're doing good or that you have a few things that you can work on more, but overall these things are going well, right? It at least gives you a a foundation to work from to manage that self-doubt as opposed to just letting your mind run wild and, and 
dig a grave that is very hard to get out of otherwise. So I would say those are two really concrete things that you can do. Again, those positive mantras, mantras keeping them in a visible space that you can see and, and really feel every day. And then also leveraging the power of feedback to validate um, and maybe counter some of that negative self-talk or self-doubt that you're experiencing. Thank you. I just want to stress on one thing you said, which I think is really important that it, and it's really helpful. It's you got the role. You, 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 you applied for the role. People saw that you were adding value and they gave it to you. So now people are now depending on you to prove that value that you bring to the role, to do the job that you've been hired to do. People are actually depending on you to do it. So I, yeah. think, I, I think that's really, it's, it's subliminal, but it's really important that you kind of have that in your mind that, come on girl, you, you, you got this, it's yours. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I'll, I'll add to that, Ola, like, you know, to this point about doubting your value, sometimes, again, it stems from the fact that you're surrounded by people that are more experienced than you. But that's just the name of the game in corporate. There's always going to be people more experienced than you. And actually, one thing that my, my previous CEO said at one time in a meeting when I was fairly junior in my career just stood with me. Like, I will forever remember this. And he said that he purposely surrounds himself and hires people within the company that are smarter than him, that know more than him, that are more experienced than him, because he recognized that he doesn't know everything. There's things that he's very good at, but then there's things that he really needs that support. And by having these people surround him that are more experienced, he actually uses that to his advantage so that he can become more well-rounded, learn from them and grow. And that's a great mindset to have at every stage of your career. Don't be intimidated by the people that are more experienced and don't let that make you feel less worthy of yourself. Learn from them, ask questions, build relationships, right? There's so much that they can also give back to you and value that you can bring to them if you just trust in yourself and let that happen more organically. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Tiffany. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So I stopped you midway when you were going to give your fourth point. Sure. Well, it actually piggybacks nicely off of this discussion we just had. And it's the fourth mistake of not making your voice heard due to lack of confidence. And this... I can't tell you the amount of times I witnessed this and I, I see it within my clients as well, which is something I'm concretely helping them to get past, but, but it's almost that you feel like what you say is going to be judged, ridiculed, discounted. So instead of actually speaking up, you just choose to remain silent. And that's just a huge watch out because, you know, this, it's essential to speak up, to make your voice heard. And again, reiterate the value that you're bringing and showing that you have a viewpoint, that you can think critically, that you're adding to the discussion. Um, so, you know, whether this is in meetings, whether this is in informal conversations, make sure that that viewpoint is coming through because this is essential so that you can progress in your career and make people realize actively that you, you have a voice and you're not just following the crowd or being very shy. And by the way, this comes up a lot, but I'm a big believer that you don't have to be super extroverted or off the walls to, to make your voice heard. I'm a huge believer of quality over quantity, mm-hmm. right? So so long as you're bringing substance, you're bringing impact, you're bringing value, you're bringing contributions, that's what matters when I, when I say really making your voice heard versus not making it heard. 
Um, so that's really the fourth mistake, and it's a pretty major one that I see a lot, especially amongst young professionals where they're just not making their voice heard or they don't even know really how to do it because, again, they're getting into their own head. The fifth one I would say is lacking the support system to help propel you forward. It goes a little bit to what I was mentioning earlier when you asked me about my, my top contributor of helping myself to progress as rapidly as I have, and it, it really is about focusing on the relationship piece, right? There's so many stakeholders within your career path that can help guide you and support you. And if you're too focused on just delivering on your mandate and delivering good work, that's a really big area that you're going to be missing out on is the relationship piece and how that can directly help you get further ahead and closer to that next promotion or next career move, whatever that might look like for you. And I'd say this, the final and sixth mistake is that need to prove myself mentality that compromises your well-being. I'm a huge, huge believer on well-being, especially in those earlier stages, because when, we're, when we don't have as much experience under our belt and we could just feel that I need to work, I need to put in these long hours, I need to prove myself, right? And again, this is coming from my personal experience of having been there and having been in a really bad space for quite some time. You know, this feeling of overworked and overwhelmed could become your normal. And that will really work against you because you're lacking the key skills to prioritize yourself. And as you grow in your career and get more, more roles, more responsibility, more demands, maybe even team management responsibilities, you need to be set up for sustainable success. And it all comes down to learning those skills much earlier on that you can then use as building blocks as you grow and accelerate in your career. So I would say, again, that need to prove myself mindset is another key mistake that can really get the best of you. So what's the balance? What's the balance? Where do you, what's the balance between I really need to prove myself and this is enough. I've provided enough to prove myself and people should be able to trust me to do my job and still deliver without the overwhelm. Yeah. How do you find that balance? Well, I think one of the most important things is boundaries and helping to set and manage expectations. Those I'd say are the two big things, right? Because when you, when you learn how to do that effectively, it's actually not about being unable to do your job or making it look like you can't do it or you don't want to do it. It's actually just bringing a level of professional maturity of knowing what you need to do, when you need to do it, but also being very conscious of the you in the equation, because at the end of the day, you are the most important part of this. Your work doesn't exist without you if mm -hmm. you're not in the right mind space. So really taking that time to set those boundaries and set it early on, right? What's the precedent? What's, this could even be in terms of like the communication dynamic that you have with your boss, you know, in terms of work hours and outside of work hours. Are there things that are going to be coming your way post-work hours? And if yes, what's the expectation there? Are you expected to respond back right away? Can it wait to the next day, right? And it's just, it's just amazing how common it is that sometimes those conversations aren't, are never even happening. And as the employee, you just take it on yourself and assume that I can't, well, I can't speak up to my boss. I can't push back. They're giving me this work. I guess I have to do it, right? But then the setting and managing expectations piece kicks in where, well, what are the priorities? When are these really due by? Is my boss aware of the amount of time and energy it's going to take for me to actually deliver on this? Maybe they don't know. 
As your boss progresses in their career, they're less attached to the detailed execution that you're involved in. So they're going to count on you, in fact, to guide them and push back or raise a flag if something needs to be adjusted. So never be afraid to get that support from them, right? That's their job as your manager. They need to help guide you. And I would say in that work-life balance, the dynamic between you and your boss is a really big piece of that equation. Really, really big. Um, I remember, Ola, one of uh, my personal experiences that made this so real for me was I was really on the verge of burnout. It was like this close. I was working ridiculous hours. I had so much on my plate and I was, yes, I was trying to prove myself so I could get to that next promotion. And this mindset really got the best of me. And instead of letting myself burn out because I was really close, I decided I'm like, I need to talk to my boss. And I was, I was scared to do it. Not because my boss was intimidating. She was lovely, super welcoming, approachable, but I worried, how will this come across? Is it going to come across that I can't handle it? right? You never want to feel like that, especially if you're someone like me who's a high achiever, type A personality, wants to make everything possible. But I was really scared. I was really, really scared to have that conversation with her. And to my surprise, when I laid it out and I said, ultimately, I'm like, it's just too much. I, I let it get to a point where I, I thought I could take it all on, but I feel like it's starting to compromise the quality of my work. And I, I don't feel good about that. She honestly just stopped me and said, Tiffany, first, just thank you so much for telling me this. I, I had no idea. Uh, I really didn't realize that it was this bad. Uh, you, you were coming across that you had it all under control, and it gave me a lot of confidence and, and, and faith in you that I, I didn't even get that impression from you, which is also a caution that you can really put on a brave face when you're trying to get past that need-to-prove-myself mentality. But when she told me that, she then followed by saying, you know, Tiffany, I... I don't know what I don't know. And so thank you for telling me this because I can't support you if I don't know what's truly going on. And that was just a huge wake up call and why I, again, am such an advocate for feedback, both giving feedback and asking for feedback because it can directly support you in helping to establish that very important work-life balance. Thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. I think, I think it's an important story to tell because yeah I think it's really important especially um, I don't want to say as women because uh, my audience are, we have a mixed audience here but I know that sometimes it's a bit more difficult especially if you have kids and just balancing everything so thank you for being sharing that little bit about yourself and I think it will help a lot of people to know yeah. it's okay it's okay to say hang on this is this is too much Absolutely. And even to, your, even to your point, Ola, I, there's something I've been saying to myself for years. And it was really as, as around that moment where I was really close to burnout. And I, I would tell myself, you know, I shouldn't need to have kids waiting for me at home mm-hmm. to have a life, to have exactly. a life out of work, right? Because I was surrounded, I, I'm lucky I'm in such an amazing corporate environment that is very female oriented. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by all these female leaders who had families who were leaving at decent hours. And I just, it just made me feel like I should still be able to do that without having the children. I still need my downtime. What if I want to exercise? What if I want to just relax? I should have that right. And that's, again, the mentality I really fuel within my coaching and help my clients to achieve who are in these very early stages of their career and are struggling with that. 
because it's possible. I'm proof that it's possible and that you can still excel and progress rapidly in your career. It's just, again, about finding that balance, establishing the boundaries, setting and managing expectations, and really leveraging that relationship with your boss in your favor. Yeah, thank you so much. I, um, I think sometimes, I'll just chip in it just a bit here, and I think sometimes we, we're afraid to do that, to speak up, but yeah. nine times out of ten, the person you're telling or explaining how you feel or to, when you're talking to your boss about things, they're very understanding. Yes. And they're clueless. Because I have to do the same thing once. They're just clueless until you say so. And then immediately you do say something, everything gets resolved. Yeah. And you're not, you're, not, you're not the worst for saying so. In fact, most of the time you're commended for speaking up. Exactly. So if you're listening to this and you're in that kind of situation, please speak up. It's, it's to your benefit to speak up. And, and you uh, absolutely. Yeah. In a way, too, it showcases a level of professional maturity that you recognize what your limits are because mm -hmm. everyone has limits. We're not superheroes. Some of us, we feel like it in our day to day, but you know, we have our limits mm -hmm. and we need to be able to recognize those limits. It actually works worse for you if you're not recognizing what those are and get, your, get yourself to a point of burnout where you actually can't work anymore. That's not advantageous to you. That's not advantageous to the company. So think of it that way as well, right? You don't want it to get to that point. So speaking up, like you said, Ola, is just critical. So critical. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's been a lovely session. I certainly learned a lot. And I'm sure that the, um, the audience, uh, whenever you listen to this, you, I'm sure you would, um, you would appreciate the points uh, that Tiffany has shared today. Thank you so much for coming on board. You've talked a lot about um, your coaching. I know you have um, some uh, a coaching program. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how people can contact you and reach you? Sure. Well, first, thank you again, Ola, for having me. This was so much fun. I always love chatting and sharing any insights I have that can help pay it forward to your audience members. And yes, so essentially, in terms of the services I offer, um, I have really three core programs that I do. I have my one-to-one -one coaching, which is really my most customized offering, where it's dedicated one-on-one -on -one time following uh, my proven four-step framework of helping you set yourself up for the most success in your career, get ahead, avoid these blind spots that we talked about, and really take control into your own hands to fast track your progression. I also have my group program, uh, which is a more intimate group setting with that added community feel, which also follows that four-step framework uh, with just a few nuances, and I'll, I'll share my framework in just a second. And then the last service I offer are also on-demand power hours. And those are really dedicated 60-minute sessions for me for any topic that you might need more strategic guidance on. That could be things you're dealing with in your day-to-day -day work, maybe challenging situations or opportunities that you want to learn how to navigate. Maybe it's internal politics. But even things such as, you know, resumes, putting together a really stellar resume that gets noticed, building your cover letter, practicing for interviews, maybe practicing your public speaking because that's just a huge piece within your corporate world to make sure you're becoming the most confident speaker that you can be. So that's just a few, few concrete examples of what my on-demand hours can really help you do. And then just maybe quickly in terms of the framework within my program, it really is oriented a lot on what we discussed today, but I, I really summarize it into four key pillars. So the first pillar is really about fueling a career growth mindset for yourself, which 
comes back to getting past that self-doubt, those limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk so that they don't hold you back, while also helping you establish that level of career clarity you're looking for, break down concrete career path goals, both short and long-term, and putting in the actions in place to make that happen for yourself. The second pillar is about solidifying your distinct personal brand. This is so important in learning how to differentiate yourself to be set up for the most success and get ahead faster, how to make an impact and build up those essential leadership qualities, and as well, creating a support system based off that relationship building piece I spoke about today that can really help propel you further in your career. The third pillar is all about mastering your communication skills. Those are things such as self-presentation, how you put yourself forward, the importance of perception, speaking up and feeling confident to do so, feedback where I share my signature methods of how to both give feedback and ask for feedback. We dive into public speaking with all of my best practices, navigating conflict resolution or internal politics, and finally also how to set yourself up for success within your formal performance reviews because those are so integral in those moments of truth that can really get you closer to those next steps. And then the last and final pillar of my framework is achieving work-life balance, which we just finished talking about. And that includes things such as effective time management, planning, deadline management, expectations, setting boundaries, pushing back, well-being best practices, all of that good stuff. So that at the end of the day, you are still very well taken care of throughout your career journey, whatever that looks like for you. So that's kind of the big picture of my program, what it's all about. And if that sounds good to you, if you're interested in learning more, I would love to touch base with you. You could either follow me directly on Instagram at tiffany.human. That's probably the easiest way. Shoot me a DM. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you could also go to my website, www.tiffanyhuman.com, which has all of the information about me and the programs that I offer. And I also do have a private Facebook community, which is filled with amazing young professionals like yourself. It's actually called Career Strategy for Fast Track Success. And I moderate this group. I get to connect with you more intimately, share a lot of exclusive content right there uh, to help benefit you at every stage of your career. Thank you so, so much, Tiffany, once again. Guys, um, all the details on how to contact Tiffany will be in the show notes if you're listening to this in the podcast. And if you're, if you're watching a snippet of this on YouTube, just look down below as well. You'll find all the details there. Please connect. If you need help with career coaching, Tiffany is the lady to speak to. So please go ahead and contact her as well. Thank you very much for listening to this um, podcast. Please don't, don't forget to like and share and let other people gained the knowledge that you've gained today. Thank you so much once again. I'll see you another time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Ola. Hi there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked it. If you did, do me a favor and share, subscribe, or leave a review on iTunes so more people can find the podcast. I'd also love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to leave a comment or contact me with the details um, in the show notes below. Until the next episode, see you, take care, bye-bye.